Welcome back to the channel. It's your boy Tavares. Um, if you're new to the channel, welcome. Um, thank you for listening in to this episode. I pray that there is something in here that encourages you or challenges you and those who are returning. Appreciate y'all always sticking alongside the, the godly team. You know, we're striving to please God. But in this, even though it's called godly dating, you guys know I have shifted it from only being about dating, but also being about life or pursuing after God. Uh, but today, yeah, we are talking about relationships. And I do want to make it clear um, from the very beginning, marriage may not be for you. Um, a lot of times we have our selfish desires. But before we get into the episode, Golly Dating 101 book. Go on GollyDating101book.com. You'll be able to get your own copy or Amazon. Wherever books are found or sold, you'll be able to get a copy. We're just asking if you could give give us a review after. That would be great. So many of you bought the book and never gave a review, um, you know. But other people, we want to get the word out. So when you give reviews, like on Amazon, iBooks, things like that, it helps push the book to other places, other countries, other states. Um, but yes, so in today's episode, I want to talk about how marriage may not be for you. You may have saw that title and and you know be kind of confused with why I'd say that. But I genuinely think in today's day and age. Everyone wants to get married, um, which is a, a good desire. God orchestrated it. He did tell, um, he did say uh, regarding Adam, it's not good for man to be alone. However, we we did see when God spoke in regards to Adam that it's not good for man to be alone. However, many of us, I still think we go into marriage with the wrong either motives or mindset in regards to it, because especially when you're a Christian and you've been raised in a church and you're saving yourself a marriage. A lot of people are just viewing it in terms of, I finally get to have sex. Or a lot of people who are broke are using this as a financial plan. Um, and it's no shade, uh, you know, teach your own. But like marriage is not for you to get a visa. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of times we just go into it with a wrong idea. And that's why divorce is high, even in the church. Because I'm with you as long as you're making me happy. You know, I'm with you as long as you're paying all of my bills. So I'm with you until I find someone um, that's giving me more attention. And if you don't think these things are happening in your churches today, <laughs> it really is. Um, I, I didn't want to make a video about it. Maybe I'll start making reaction videos. Comment below if you guys, you know, want to see those in regards to training topics or TikToks and stuff like that. But there's a woman who apparently got a rejection letter from her church giving her her offering back. And telling her they don't want her part of the church. And I didn't prepare it to put it in this episode. So if you want a link to it or something, comment below and I can um, find it for you guys. But this woman apparently left her husband and the church mentioned, we've reached out to you plenty of times. You're not responding. But she left her husband without a biblical cause and it's causing so much damage to the husband and to the children. And they found out that she wanted, she did it because she started a new relationship. So you left your husband because he started a relationship with someone else. And then you do, they said she was posting provocatively on the internet. Um, and they also mentioned that they saw her slandering the church. But yet, um, she went and got divorced. And I guess, you know, I think guys, we get married for the wrong reasons. <laughs> you know, because I don't know why she got married. If the first time she saw somebody attractive, she was going to leave her husband and go to them. Um, but the reason why I brought that up is just because... A lot of times we think marriage is bad in the world, but sometimes it's bad even in the church. And you guys know I don't do it as much um, because I because I'm in school. Um, but you guys know we we take on counseling sessions. We have the links in like the description box where if you want to book us, 
However, there's plenty of people that come in for counseling and it's like, you realize a lot of people do whatever they want to do. And I know it's taken a bit of a while to get into where I want this episode to go, but I just want to make it clear, guys, we can't desire marriage. God, bless me with a spouse. God, I'm ready for my spouse. If we're not going to take it seriously when God does create that relationship for us. So I want to make it clear that marriage may not be for you because a lot of times we view it as just a piece of paper, like it's a contract. Um, and some people, oh, it's a formal declaration of, of how much you love a person, but God's view of marriage is so much higher than we could ever view it. Uh, Mark 10, chapter 6, Mark 10, verse 6 uh, through 9, it says, But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. So then they are no more two, but one flesh, or twain. What therefore God have joined together, let not man put asunder. So Jesus is explaining, you know, to these people how much that God hates divorce, you know, because they're saying how, you know, when is the right time to be divorcing? God is like, the reason why that was only allowed in the past is because you guys are stubborn, man. He did this because you're carnal. He did this because you guys are, you're not even respecting the marriage. So that's the reason why he was allowing a divorce. But in Malachi 2.16, God literally tells us he hates divorce. So God is not a fan of divorce at all. And then a lot of times, you know, understand there are biblical reasons um, why a person should separate. Um, typically, the Bible really only, correct me if I'm wrong, but really only expresses the act of adultery and your spouse choosing to leave you. Um, but we also do understand that God doesn't want his children to be abused. So if somebody's abusing you, that's between you and God. I'm not one to tell somebody to stay in an abusive relationship. Somebody, you know, you're a millionaire when you married them. They spent it all gambling away to finances. Who am I to say God wants you to stay? You know what I mean? So it's between you and God. I don't get into that. Um, I speak to people one-on-one, -on -one, try to help people one-on-one, -on -one, but I do know I'm not an advocate for divorce. Um, but God tells us this, and he, he says what God puts together, don't let anyone separate it. So I want us to see that a lot of times we view marriage in terms of I propose to my wife, she accepts. I propose um, or I pursued, they accept or whatever. No, but the Bible looks at it in terms of God said what I put together. You can't allow anyone to separate it. So that goes to show when we make that covenant to marry that person, we're also making a covenant with God. Um, and God is letting you know that he expects you to honor not just them, but your relationship with him by how you honor them. You know what I mean? It's all connected. I'm treating my wife as a direct correlation in how I view God because it's easy for me to be rude, mean, spiteful against my wife when I don't have a walk with God. But it's impossible for me to be growing spiritually and taking my wife for granted or abusing or mistreating her, you know? So it's not possible. So when we make that vow, we have to understand it's very serious in the eyes of God. But I believe that society has turned something that God viewed as covenant and allowed it to become something that we just do out of convenience. We do out of, what can I get from it? We're asking God, um, we're not realizing God wants us to see this as a stewardship. You're protecting this person. You're making sure this person is blessed. You're making sure this person is safe with you. Not just saying, oh, well, who's going to, pay all my bills, so who am I going to have sex with? You know, so we have to understand that God desires something super important. And let's not get it 
started if you know there's children involved because now you're discipling a little person pointing them towards heaven and away from hell so if you don't realize the seriousness of that and you desire marriage and i don't know i'm not quite sure people really understand the weight of what they're desiring so marriage is much bigger than us and that's what i want today's episode to be about you know and there's a few things that i obviously want you to learn but first and foremost I didn't even write this down. Colossians 3.17, I believe it is. And it says, let all you do, you know, do it all to the glory of God. Um, so we have to understand that God desires for us. When you're in these relationships, how the relationship goes, it's all for the glory of God. Everything that we're doing, um, I know it sounds silly, but literally every action should be towards the glory of God. So when we view this marriage in terms of what I can gain, we've already... We've already misinterpreted what God wanted or God had in store for us. So we need to understand, um, and I'll go through Ephesians 5 a little bit because I feel as though that's one of the, the chapters that talks a little in detail um, about the, the purpose of marriage. I won't go too deep. You know, there are obviously some books I recommend that you guys can probably study outside of ours. You know, I won't, I won't be biased on that one. I'm sure there are plenty of good ones out there. But Ephesians 5.21, it says, and further... Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, I wanted that verse um, in this because I want to make it clear. A lot of times people, we, we get into arguments over the topic of submission. But the scriptures show us that submission isn't a calling for women. It's a calling for marriage itself. And a lot of times people, women, you know, they get defensive because they're like, well, why do I have to submit? You know, listen. That's, that's what God said. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not, not going to argue with you. But the Bible also shows us that men are called to submit to their wives as well. So submission is something that gets misinterpreted and gets abused. And people oh, submit because I'm in leadership over you and they're not being led by God. That's when it, the problem arises. But understand submission is biblical. It is God's desire. If you're a person who can't submit to someone, then marriage is not for you. Let's make that clear. Um, verse 22, for wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. All right. So just as I said just, just now, you guys have to understand <laughs> how serious that is. It says, your ladies, you're going to be submitting to your men as though you're submitting to God himself, as though it's to the Lord. You know, even Sarah called Abraham Lord. Um, but we have to understand that God is not telling you, you submit to him as long as he makes you happy. As long as he remembered your birthday and got you that nice purse that you really wanted, as long as you guys have that fancy dinner, as long as he does everything right. No, when you're married, it says you're submitting, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And that's something that irks people's nerves. <laughs> you know what I mean? It says, listen, man, I, just got, I, I just need you guys to understand. And it's not like I'm, I'm trying to be problematic whenever I, I do these podcasts. But I'm trying to be biblical. And the reasons why our marriages fail is because a lot of us, or one of us or both of us, are not operating the way that God intended. You know, the reasons why our relationships don't work out is because how we behave. Not necessarily um, that marriage itself is the problem. But it says, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. Save, he is the savior of the body. 
savior of his body, the church. So we're saying that the same way you're called to submit to God is the same way wives should be submitting to their, their husbands. And that's why it matters who you marry. Because there are too many women who say, well, I'm not submitting to him. Who are you to tell me to submit? Listen, there's no problem with submission when you know the person who's leading you is listening to God. So you, at, at least... I can't speak for all women, but at least I do understand that it's easier to submit when you understand somebody's hearing from God. It's easier for me to trust your voice when I know it's not coming from a place of manipulation and abuse, when it's not coming from a heart that's trying to control, but it's a heart that's trying to help push me towards God. Because we can we can think submission is a problem, yes, when we compare it to our, our judgmental boss, or when we compare it to our mean parents, or when we compare it to those things, obviously submission seems hard. We think about slavery. Yes, it seems like a brutal process for you to endure. But when you realize that God knows what's best for me, and then if God is leading him and he he's desiring what God wants, then it's a it's a cycle and God's anointing flows like it falls from the head to the toe. So that's the reason why if God's hand is on the man leading him, the woman understand that she's safe because she's being led by the man who's being led by God. And that doesn't separate her walk with God from him but it just shows how God orchestrates things. So Paul says, submit to your husbands in everything. And I know some people don't want to hear it, but submission is safe. I want you guys to understand submission is safety because if we're submitted to Christ, by his stripes, we're healed. I don't have to worry about, oh, will I be saved or will I make it into heaven? Because I'm submitted to him. I'm underneath his guidance. He's the one who died for me. So on judgment day, what is God seeing on my life? He's seeing Christ's blood. He's seeing what the Holy Spirit has done on the inside of me. Now, for those of you who claim to be Christian and you ain't following God at all, listen, that's between you and him if y'all want to play those games on Judgment Day and, oh, I said a sinner's prayer. I'm not I'm not one of those sinner's prayers type of guys. I believe that you should be submitted to God, and I believe that faith without works is dead. I think that God desires to change us, and if we're not changing, then it makes me question, did I ever really believe in the first place? So that's something you have to think about. But understand that submission is easy when you understand they're aiming to honor you, not to abuse you. When they're aiming to please God more than to get their own way. <clears throat> Excuse me. So don't marry a man you can't submit to. Point blank period. Ladies, don't marry a man if you have to question his motives. You have to question what is it that what is it that he's trying to do to me? What is it trying he's trying to get from me? No, like you may not understand. And that's one of the amazing things about my wife and that's the reason why you know one of the reasons why i love her because it's like to trust me to, to join the military with me you know that's you know a lot of people think military they think bombs you know what i mean so it's the fact that went through that went through different states went from traveling from you know what i mean it's just the fact that it's like so so i see that she's able to trust my lead and that that makes me realize i can't be this guy who wants to be a clown you know what i mean i need to make sure i'm having I'm striving to walk in integrity and character because I'm helping guide her and not just her, but children as well. So it's super important that you marry who you, you pay attention to who you marry to because you, I don't want to encourage a blind obedience and you're being manipulated to do nonsense, but it's important that you understand that God still expects you to have a role. And that's why us as men, we need to make sure that we're striving to please God because we can't use our, our God given role as a way to become God over someone else. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, instead of going into the new year saying, new year, new me, what are some things about yourself that you already appreciate or you're doing good that you want to improve on? 
Because a lot of times we always focus on the negative in our lives rather than building on the areas we're already um, thriving in. And I believe therapy is something that assists us in finding our strengths and building instead of trying to find, you know, extreme resolutions. And I have to be doing this in order to be successful. So it's necessary that you do that. And I know a lot of people who go to therapy, they always talk about how it allows them to see their weak areas that need improvement, but it also allows them to refocus on the strengths and talks about the things that are benefiting them rather than just focusing in on a negative. And then, you know, so if you're a person who's considering therapy, I would suggest that you give BetterHelp a try, mainly because of how convenient it is. A lot of times you can't find, you know, a therapist to fit your schedule, but this is something that because it's done online, you can find a therapist that works best for you. Um, you can switch if you need to, and they work around your schedule. So celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com Godly to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Godly. Um, verse 25. For husbands, this means love your wives. Now we're talking to the fellas. Just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. You know, and honestly, this verse, I don't want to, I don't want to say it this way, but I feel like it makes the most sense if I do. This verse bothers me, man, because it's just like, love your wife the way Christ loved the church, bro, the way God loves the church. I don't know if I'm ever able to, <laughs> you know, love people the way that God loves people, but it just shows that. I shouldn't be rushing into marriage as a man if I'm not willing to do what Christ has done. He, he was willing to give up his life for her. He's willing to love her beyond conditions, love her without reservations, do anything to see her um, spotless, do anything to see her be who she's called to be. So when I'm reading the scripture, I understand that as a man, yeah, it may not be easy, but you're going to do it. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's not operating in God's will, the moment I think I can take my wife for granted, because God never took us for granted. The moment I think I can abuse her, because God never abused us. You know, so we have to understand that if I'm the type of person who thinks I can just control people, manipulate people, mistreat people, marriage is not for you. Because marriage is for the glory of God. So how do I give God glory? By thinking that I can become my own God and create an idol, you know what I mean, out of myself. That's what we have to pay attention to because God is not joking with us when it comes to these things. Verse 27, he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. So my job as a husband is to ensure that my wife is, is growing more into the image of God, is ensuring that she's growing spiritually, not just myself. It's important that I take that serious step that I understand that that's what God wants for me. And I know majority of the people listening aren't married yet. So you're probably looking like, well, I mean, I can't really do that with my boyfriend. Can't do, really do that with the girlfriend. Yeah. And I understand that, you know, but we, we, we need the right mindset towards it because if we prepare our hearts now, then things flow naturally later. But if you take your walk with God for a bit of a joke, you know, you're a bit casual, um, lukewarm, and it doesn't bother you, then that just means that when you do get married, things aren't going to change. A lot of times people are like, oh, I'll see God more when I get married. Oh, I'll see God more after I get this degree. Oh, I'll see God more after I get this job. Oh, I'll see God more after we get the kids. And it's like, you keep saying you're going to grow and grow when you reach some magical point in your life that you may never reach. So it's important 
that you take your walk with God seriously. Because I believe that marriage helps you grow or, or should I say, be molded into the image of God. Now, Paul tells us, if you guys read 1 Corinthians 7, I didn't bring that in here, but Paul tells us that. I recommend you be single. You know what I'm saying? Because when you're single, you can do the will of God without any interruptions. When you're single, you can do the will of God without asking anyone for permission. And a lot of you may say, who, who am I asking for permission? Like, no, nah, I ain't asking nobody for Yes, you are. <laughs> you know, because the scriptures made it clear. You're not even supposed to withhold sex from your spouse without you both being in agreement. Like, oh, we're doing this for a period of fasting because he made it clear the enemy can bring in temptation. And while you can say comments like, oh, this person, they have a lustful spirit or, oh, well, they should be able to control themselves. No, you should not get married if your intention was to not have sex. So Paul made it clear, like, if you, the goal is to be, the goal should be, guys, be single. But if you're going to burn with lust and passion, then I recommend you get married. You know, because Paul, in his eyes, maybe, or in the eyes of many, because I know history books show this, is that the weaker Christians were the ones who got married. <laughs> that's I don't know if that's how Paul did, but history books, they show that that's what people viewed it as. Um, you're more of the carnal one if you needed to get married, because it's showing you could never put your flesh under, under, flesh under subjection. And hey, I'll be that. I'll be that carnal one. I know what I needed. I mean, I praise God that I'm in this season. But I understand that, understand why they viewed it that way, because they were able to do so much more for God while married people were probably not doing anything because, oh, I got to take care of the kids. Oh, I got to do this for the spouse. And it's like, guys, this is to mold you into the image of God. So if you go into marriage, because that's one of those urges that you have, um, you desire to have sex with the spouse, God understands that. So the goal is to be molded into his image. So you're doing this, you're getting married because it's helping you spiritually, because you're not going to be turning towards pornography, lust, looking at other people. So it all, it helps you, whether you believe it or not. Sex is healthy within the confines of marriage. It is God's desire within the confines of marriage. But one of the things, uh, a couple of things I want to talk about and how this molds you into the image of God is that marriage brings the necessary accountability that many of us avoid. You know, Bible tells us in Proverbs 27, 17, that iron sharpens iron. And you don't sharpen iron with wood. You know what I mean? You need something like steel. You need something that that's like that heavy type of material. I'm not a welder, so I don't know how these all these tools. Um, but you need something of that type of substance, that caliber, in order to strengthen a blade. And if you don't, you know, your your bad habits are going to be exposed in marriage. You know, so again, it matters who you marry. So I want us to see that when you get married, there's so much issues that you have that you didn't realize you had, or there's so many issues that you probably, you probably suppressed all these issues, but it takes somebody that's right in front of you to see how you operate day to day to, to point out to you, yeah, you got a problem. Yeah, this is an issue for me. You know, so it takes when you're seeing, when you're seeing someone over and over and they're able to see those things. But I believe that the right spouse is going to help you produce the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 through 23 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So you see, while you're in marriage, the goal is, is that I'm helping this person produce these fruit. I'm helping them um, go, go grow 
so that they're ex you know experiencing these things. I believe God's design for marriage is to help produce spiritual fruit. When Adam was alone, God gave a helper so he could be more efficient in doing his calling. Whatever you are called to do, that spouse that you have in your life is helping you to achieve that so you can be closer towards God. And if you're not doing it, they can provide that accountability that you need. Not be a yes man or not pretend everything is okay, but actually be there to correct you, to challenge you. Because if you have a spouse that doesn't challenge you, right, what's the point of being married to them? The goal is to challenge you to grow closer towards God. And then if you think about it, God, because God knows, a lot of times in church, people, people are trash, um, right? So you may only know how your family operates. You may think, oh, my dad and my mom always argued. You may think me and my spouse always argue. You may think me and ex, whatever it is, you may think they're, they're the only people to argue because you're close to them. However, you know, we can fool everybody else in church. We can't fool God. You know, so there are some people that will cuss you out on the drive to church. And then they'll be, praise the Lord, brother. How you doing, sister? Grace and peace be unto you. You know, and they're so deep and anointed um, when they get to the church building. But did you know God pays attention to how you treated your spouse before you got to the church? Because yes, you're a bishop. Yes, you're a minister. Yes, you have a blue check. You, 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 you produce great worship music. Yes, you're so inspirational. So many people look up to you. But did you know that you can do all of those things and in God's eyes, like it, when the Bible says you're operating without love, you're like a noisy symbol. Did you know that in, in God's eyes that he sees the mess? And it's like, yeah, we go to churches that we shout and we do our two-step and you praise break and then you sing praise by elevation worship and you're jumping and you're dancing and you're sweating. You had a grand time. Pastor preached a great word. You learned a lot. And did you know that when you go home and pray that God is not listening to you? Because God is paying attention to how you treat your spouse. First Peter 3, 7, it says, In the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat her, treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she's your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. So God is implying to us, if you're mistreating your spouse, your prayers are being hindered because of you. It's not the devil. Don't don't say, don't blame the devil. So many of us, we blame the devil. We blame Satan and we bind you, demon, and you're casting out spirits that don't exist. You have these people, oh, you're possessed with this. Nah, some of these spirits don't. Listen, man, we give so much power and the spiritual role is real. I'm a firm believer. I understand there are spiritual attacks, especially against marriage, especially against a godly unit. But no, it, it was your your bad attitude, you know, that God had a problem with. It was you thinking you could abuse your spouse. It was us thinking we could mistreat them or we could cheat or we could lie. We could do all these things and then God would have no problem with it. No, God says, treat them how you how you should or your prayers are going to be ignored. In the King James Version, I believe it is, that says ignored. So God is not listening if you're not able to go to them and ask for forgiveness. You can't love God and abuse his children. Listen, somebody want to marry my daughter and I see how you treat her and it's problematic for me. I'm going to need a prison ministry, bro. No, sir. We ain't playing them games. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's my son and the woman. Nah, we listen. 
we're going to have to get that handled. Imagine how much more God, where he tells you, vengeance is mine. Meaning I will punish a person who's going to mistreat my child. Jesus tells us it's better to have the 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 lock around your neck, the windmill. I can't remember the name, the, the word, but it's better to have that wrapped around your neck so you could sink to the bottom of the ocean when you offend one of God's children. He said it was better if that happened to you because God doesn't play about his kids. So for us thinking we could go on a marriage and find somebody to manipulate, ooh, God help you when God gets a hold of you. God help you when you think it's perfectly fine. And, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, well, it's fine because they don't go there anymore. But my friend, you know, went to a church um, that the the leadership, well, <laughs> people from that church still follow this podcast. I'm, I'm not going to get into that. Let's know when you mistreat God's children, it will backfire. <laughs> Let's say that. I'm not going to get into that. You know, I won't be too petty. But marriage, um, it helps mold you into the image of God because I believe it forces introspection. It forces you to realize how selfish you are, how rude you are, how sarcastic you are, how much you complain. And bear in mind, all of this episode I'm talking about from my perspective as well. So I'm not just rebuking people. I know it may feel like that, but that's not the case. But understand that this forces you to realize where you are. You know, because the Bible shows us back in Ephesians, the one I was talking about, uh, marriage, it says, verse 28, in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. So we see that I know how much it takes, you know, to go to the gym. You got to put in so much effort. You know what I mean? You got to lift heavier weight. You got to run further paces. You have to eat better. Do all of these things to even hope to see one ab pop up, to see some muscles, to see a bit of a difference. I know that if you want to get A's in school, it takes hours of studying, hours of preparation, hours of doing all these things in order to get good grades. If you want to, whatever it is that you want to do in life, it takes effort. So now the Bible tells us, you know, you have to love your as you as you love yourself because when you want to grow, you put so much water and you want to invest so much into it. You water that plant. You you make sure it's in the right circumstance, right on light, so it grows. You make sure the conditions are right for your situation to grow. But if you're not doing that for your spouse, then that either means you don't love yourself or you're not being honest about where we are in this relationship. I think it forces you to to look at yourself because it says that if you love her as you love yourself, no one ever hates themselves, but they take care of themselves to make sure they're, they're okay. But God might have a problem with, you know, America and our McDonald's and stuff. So, <laughs> but I believe marriage shows a visual of God's love for the church. Um, you know, the goal of marriage is for you to, one of the goals, because I want to be clear, I think, I think uh, you could probably wrap up the marriage in three main goals. Number one, procreation. God told him be fruitful and multiply. You know what I mean? Then you also have the aspect of pleasure. Um, you know, God allows you to enjoy that or else he would have not created sex or made it to be, make babies, a, you know, a, a unnecessary way. Um, and I think it's also something that regards, you know, it helps in regards to purpose. So you're finding someone based off purpose you're finding someone that helps with pleasure. You're finding someone that helps you in the process of procreation. Um, but 
we have to understand that God does have other things in mind. So it's not just enough for you to go to church together. It's not just enough for you to make babies together. Um, but God also wants to see us creating disciples. You know, um, if, you, if you're blessed to have children, creating disciples in your home is your number one priority over anything you do in church or anything you do in the world. Creating disciples in your home is your number one priority. That's something I have to make sure I'm doing. My wife and all of you have to make sure you're your number one thing is creating disciples. And if you don't have kids and you're not married, who cares? Go create a disciple in your neighborhood. Go create a disciple in your church. Just because people go to church doesn't mean they're growing. Help people spiritually. Point people towards Jesus. And then you'll be fulfilling what God wants you to do. I think marriage shows people um, a forgiveness that they'll never understand. Um, Colossians 3, 13 through 14. Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. So we see in Colossians 3. Um, and that, that one wasn't talking about marriage, but it's the fact that it's talking about how you treat people. You're showing forgiveness. So now when the world sees um, your marriage, are they seeing a bickering couple who's miserable, who's just waiting until the death do us part? you know, part of their, their, their marriage vows. When they see that, they're not seeing the love of God. But when they see you guys argued, but you're able to communicate well enough to forgive, to move forward, to grow together, that's showing them what it means to, to have a good marriage. Because the Bible even tells us, um, Jesus tells us, that they'll know you're my disciples by your love for one another. So now when the world sees marriages in a church, and everybody's divorcing, and everybody's cheating, and everybody's arguing, and everybody's complaining about something, what part of that do you believe is showing people that God is real? I don't think any part of it. But when they see that you got, even the ones who have hit rock bottom in a marriage and choose to forgive and move forward, then you realize, man, if God could do it for them, God could do it for me. So I believe that marriage teaches the world a type of forgiveness. And the reason why I think it's important for what we're showing the world is the last point I'll mention in regards to that, um, well, probably not last point, but I believe that marriage allows for like a, a witness um, against the world. First uh, Peter 4, verse 4 and 5, it says, Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do, so they slander you. But remember that they will have to face God, who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. First Peter 4, 4 through 5. So we see that People know how you operate your walk with God. Jesus tells us, let your light so shine that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So we see people understand where you are spiritually. Um, people are paying attention to your marriage. You're paying attention to your relationship. And if I know your relationship, y'all clubbing just like me, I don't. there's no need for me to go to your church. If I know y'all not married and y'all sleeping together and y'all living together and y'all doing all these things, there's... Why would I change what I'm doing? Because you look just like me. And that's why when we have a God-honoring marriage, bro, you're showing the world what to strive for. Like, I always think it's pretty cool. Um, it's, it's been a couple months. We, we need to go out more often, <laughs> you know. But like my wife and I would run into an older couple, and they're, they're just like, you guys are such a beautiful couple. Like, we're so proud of seeing you guys, you know, young people getting married. And it's like, it just goes to show people are so used to younger people just partying it up, turning up, everybody getting lit. 
and I know pe- especially people in the church, younger, they want to get married. I understand that. But it just goes to show people in the world notice when you guys are striving to please God. They notice when you're striving to do things God's way. And I believe that people understand God's existence by your relationship. They understand God's goodness by how you guys love one another. They believe true love can exist if we in the, if we as people in the church aren't being messy like them. You know what I mean? So it's important for us to strive for character and integrity because our lives are going to be a, a, a testament um, used as an example to show what we show in the world, what it means to love God and love one another. And the last thing I'll mention in regards to, you know, you know, marriage not being, marriage being like a blessing. You know, I think one of the things that people have to understand, you shouldn't be getting married if you want to keep secrets. You shouldn't be getting married if you want to hide your personal life. Like, bro, there's no more personal life. It's our life. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, nah, because keep it, I, I, I'm a firm believer that keeping secrets leads to drama. You know, it leads to infidelity. It leads to emotional attachments that don't, doesn't need to be there. So it's important that we avoid those. But Genesis 2.25 says, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So I believe that marriage, um, David and Ashley, I can't remember their, their last name right now, but they run a podcast, especially if you're married. I think this is amazing for you to listen to, the Naked Marriage Podcast. But it's a place that, I believe marriage is a place that allows for full transparency without judgment or fear of being abandoned. Because when you're dating someone, you might tell them something and they're like, I can't handle that. And I'm not saying withhold secrets unto your spouse, but it's just a safety that comes in a covenant of marriage that, you know what I mean? You can be yourself and you're not looked down on. We'll get through this is how they view it rather than, nah, not for me. We're done, you know? And it's like, that's how the world operates, but not how the church should operate. You know, so it's important that you go into marriage understanding that we're not aiming to, oh, it's my world and you're just a part of it. No, you're connecting with someone. It's something serious, and it's not something that we should ever take lightly. You know, so this was week three of Misconceptions. I believe this is the last one. I'm pretty sure we have a good series coming up next. I think that's the one that will start popping in some guests, but we'll see how this goes. But for now, you guys tell me how you enjoyed this episode by leaving comments below if you're on YouTube. Guys, I keep telling you, get the book, and y'all like, Oh, I'm going to get it when I get paid. You got paid multiple times and you went to Starbucks and Chick-fil-A. Bro, come on, bro. Buy the book. Leave a review and share this with a friend. We love you guys. This podcast doesn't run without you guys. So we appreciate you always striving to live godly and to pursue after all God has for you. Pray that you have a good week. See you soon. Peace.